Hi everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Clued Up with Maria B, the behind the scenes photography podcast. Before we get into this week's episode, I just want to take a moment to reiterate something, and that is the reason why I started this podcast. So much goes on from the time you're asked to photograph someone or you've decided to photograph someone or something that you have an infinite number of small decisions that you have to make as a photographer. Some of those decisions are small, some are major. And even the small decisions, they can have a profound effect both on your final images and the entire experience of photographing an event. Part of the reason why I started this podcast is that so much goes on behind the scenes. And I know when you look online and see videos or photographs of what's going on behind the scenes of a photo shoot, what you're actually seeing is something that tends to be on the day of the photo shoot and you're seeing the setup and the makeup being done. But this podcast is dedicated to the decision making and the small events and occurrences that happen that lead up to the day, to the moment of the photo shoot. In that vein, the name of today's episode is called Church Rules. Here we go. Welcome to Clued Up with Maria B., the behind-the-scenes photography podcast. Clued Up is your insider's view to building successful magazine-style photo shoots. We talk design and concept, fashion and style, tech, social media, and of course, business, plus so much more, including how to avoid common photography pitfalls. You'll also meet some special guests who work behind the camera and in front of the lens. Whether you're an aspiring photographer, a portrait photographer thinking about starting your own business, or you just have an interest in what it takes to plan and execute professional shoots, you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Maria B. Now let's get you clued up to share with you a recent experience. About two or three weeks ago, a friend, a colleague called me up and asked me to photograph her niece's first communion. And I agreed. I thought, what a joyous event. What a great family event. So I agreed and she provided the details and we worked out the payment and a few other details. Last week, The week before the event, I decided I should really call the church and get some additional details about the ceremony, how early I can be there, my access to certain areas of the church, and most importantly, whether or not flash is allowed, because depending on a church event, some churches are just adamant about it, no flash. Some churches flash depending on the type of ceremony that'll be going on. And also with some churches, you can use flash during certain parts of a ceremony, but not in others. So of course, I didn't want to start any waves. I called the rectory to find out this information. When I finally found someone who could provide that information to me, She informed me that the church had hired a photographer and no other professional photographers were allowed to photograph the event. 
No one was allowed to move around during the ceremony. The woman was very nice about it. She informed me that on the day of my phone call, which was the Thursday after ceremony rehearsal that evening, there would be a meeting with the family. The family would be informed about the rules regarding photography. But she also implied that the families had already been informed and this was just a reaffirmation of information they had received. So once I finished speaking to her, I sent a message to my friend. She happened to be working late and she said her sister, the child's mom, would be in contact with me. Later that evening, later that evening, after playing a little telephone tag with the mom, she finally left a message on my phone stating that she was aware that the church hired a photographer, but as a family, they were more interested in having the event photographed from their perspective, which I totally understand and I absolutely respect. However, the rules are the rules. So our agreement at that point was that she would get back in contact with me after the rehearsal and after the family had been given more information regarding photography related to the ceremony. The following day in the evening, I had called her to get an update. And she said, as the church had informed me and informed her no other professional photographers were allowed you were not allowed to move around during the event during the ceremony the plan we came up with was that I would take photographs of the child after the event in the church and in an area close to the family's home that was special to them So the family would end up with a combination of the photos taken by the church's hired photographer. And then they would also have the photos done by me that would be more in line with what they wanted as a family. In the end, this worked out. But I'm sure, based on the story that I've just told, you can see the potential for so many things going wrong. So I'd like to take a few minutes to go over a few topics that need to be covered by a photographer whenever they're asked to photograph an event at a venue. First and foremost, whether it's a church, whether it's a banquet hall, it doesn't matter where it is. About a week, give yourself a lot of room and make it two weeks, about two weeks before an event get in contact with someone who is in the know at that facility. In this case, it was the secretary in the rectory. It may be the manager of a banquet hall. It may be the particular individual assigned to a couple or assigned to a family for an event. But get the name of that person and get in direct contact with that person. If this is a venue where the event will occur, such as a a banquet hall again, you need to find out how many people will be attending. You also need to find out the exact room in that facility where the event will occur. A point very seldom thought about, you need to know the flow of traffic in and out of the room. 
you need to know where the employees will be walking from the kitchen or from some other part. You need to know the flow so that you are not obstructing their way with your equipment or gear or what have you. So again, get in contact with someone who's working at that venue, whether it's a school, a church, a banquet hall, some type of hall, you really need to be in contact with a particular individual who can give you details and who can inform you about the rules and regulations. If you are asked to photograph an event in a church or a synagogue, you need to find out the regulations regarding flash. Places will allow you to use flash. Some places will allow you to use flash during certain parts of the ceremony. Some places will not allow you to use flash at all. You also need to know if your movement is restricted during parts of the ceremony. Sometimes they are, sometimes they are not. It all depends. Each church, each synagogue, it's totally different. So you need to find that, find out. You need to find out that information long before the event. I touched on this before, but just to be perfectly clear, again, whether it's a house of worship or a commercial venue, you need to find out your access to that area. So for example, if it is a hall, you may be in a particular room, but if there are other celebrations or other events going on at the same time, you may not have free flow access to some of the areas outside of that room. If there are other events, there might be a traffic issue in terms of safety for people who are passing, you know, in front of the room that you're in, or if there's a common area. So you need to be aware of that. And it's something that is as simple as just asking a question. Another point related to what we're talking about today has more to do with your etiquette as a photographer. Sometimes you're at an event, you're at a a church or synagogue or some type of commercial venue and someone sees you with your camera and they want you to take a photograph of them. And it's done with the most innocent of intentions. But the fact is you are there hired by someone to take care of them, to take care of their family, or to photograph their family. Those are the people you're working for. It's not a good idea to do any self-promotion. If someone happens to say, oh, do you have a card? Just give them the card and move along. But it's not a good idea to photograph another family or another group unless of course it's with the family or group that hired you that's a whole different scenario but as a working professional when someone hires you to work in a particular venue or to photograph a family event that becomes your job and while as photographers we always want to promote ourselves it's not the appropriate time to do that at an event or an occurrence that you've been hired to cover. So we've talked about covering events that are primarily indoors. We've talked about what the restrictions may be regarding flash, what your restrictions may be in terms of access to the room or rooms where an event occurs. We've talked about your need to not be 
obstructive to the people who are working at that particular venue or to be obstructive or noticeable during a ceremony. And we've talked about a couple of other things that pertain to photographing indoor events. I'd like to switch gears because a lot of people, a lot of photographers do not realize that you don't necessarily have free reign when you are photographing something or someone outdoors. If you are asked by a person or a couple or a family to photograph them in a park or at a site that may be historical or may actually be private, you need to have permission from the city, the town, or whoever may own or manage that property. For example, in the town that's adjacent to me, there's a site called Kipps Castle. It's managed by Essex County here in New Jersey. And in order to take photographs on the grounds, you actually need to have permission from the county. Some people may be surprised, but in actuality, most cities, most towns have rules regarding where you are allowed to photograph free of charge. In most of the parks in the county where I live, a small fee is required. Actually, to be honest with you, I don't think it is that small. Most people don't pay it. Most people don't pay attention to the rule. However, as a professional photographer, you need to know the rules. If for some reason you're in a park in this county and an officer walks up to you, you should have a permit issued by the county or by the city that allows you to photograph in that particular park. The same is true for historical sites. You may not think much of it, but any building landmark that is designated historical may indeed require permit in order to photograph there. You should also be aware that many common sites that are just popular often require some type of a permit or some type of release in order to feature that particular place in your photograph. It may come as a surprise to many, but the Empire State Building, the Eiffel Tower, and many of the world's most popular sites ideally require having some type of a permit or allowance that allows you to photograph. Now, if you're photographing someone in front of the Eiffel Tower, meaning the person or the couple happen to be the subject of your photograph and the Eiffel Tower appears blurry in the background, that does not require permit, but taking a photograph of the tower itself actually does. And I believe the same is true for the Empire State Building. Of course, people take thousands of photos of these places every single day. But as a photographer, you should definitely know the rules. And just getting back to taking photos in a park for a moment. I want to emphasize knowing the rules for local parks. For example, I believe in New York City, permits are not required versus here in New Jersey, 
where at least in the county I live in, permits are required. Again, it may not seem like a big deal, but you can be fined if an officer stops you in a park and asks you for your photography permit to photograph in that particular park. So please, it's as simple as just going online and finding out whether or not a photography permit is required in a particular park. Next, you should also have some type of an awareness if you are photographing someone or a couple or a family in front of an establishment. As a photographer, you should familiarize yourself with what rules are required and if you need to seek permission from someone simply to take a photograph on the street in which their establishment will be identified. Now, how do you get around this? When I say around, I don't mean I don't mean that in a deceptive manner. But either you or your client, your subject the subject of your photos have to bear the responsibility for getting permits. The what I've done in the past is once I obtain the information that a permit is required to photograph in a particular area, I inform the person who's hired me about this. There are people who find it absolutely absurd to pay a fee to a county or a city in order to be photographed in a park or in front of a particular historical building. For your own protection as a photographer, I would note that you had a conversation with your client and that you informed them of the need for a permit and they declined. And in the contract with the client, I would make sure to include a statement that the client is responsible for obtaining the permit required and that all liability related to obtaining a permit lies with the client. By doing this, you're not being deceptive. I would clearly state before the client signs the contract that you included this in the contract, that a permit is required, and that they are declining to get one. Because in the event, as bizarre as it may seem, that someone in an official capacity stops you in a park and asks you for your permit and you don't have one, you may be fined. By having it in your contract and having it properly worded, the responsibility for that fine should lie with your client. So let's take a moment for some general takeaways from this episode. Whether it's indoor, outdoor, whether it's a church, a synagogue, or some commercial venue, whether it's on the street in front of someone's commercial property, or whether it's on the street in front of someone's home, whether it is a public area, or a very popular tourist site, You as a photographer need to know the rules regarding photographing that particular place or photographing in that particular place. That means doing your homework, getting in touch with an individual who functions in some type of an official capacity at that site, that venue, 
that historical site, what have you. It also means protecting yourself by either acquiring the correct permit that's required to photograph at that site or having your client obtain the permit and including that in your contract so that you remain protected in the event they opt not to obtain the permit. In my case, things worked out well. But as I said before, I'm sure you could see how things could have certainly gone wrong on that day had I not been in contact with someone in the church. I needed to know the church rules. As a photographer, you cannot rely on your client to provide all of the information necessary for photographing an event. Give yourself the benefit of full knowledge of what to expect and what you're walking into by always being prepared well ahead of time. Covering an event and providing photography services will always be a much more pleasant experience once you know you've done all of your homework and can proceed without any obstacles that come up because you weren't well prepared. I'd like to thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Clued Up with Maria B., the behind-the-scenes photography podcast. I truly appreciate you taking the time to continue to listen to this show, and I hope it provides you with lots of benefits in your photography work. See you next week. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Clued Up with me, your host, Maria B. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to rate, subscribe, and review on your preferred podcast listening platform. I really appreciate your support. When you rate, subscribe, and review, you're also helping other listeners find and enjoy this podcast. Until next time.